0: Well, Lord, I want to pray for all the kids that have just had out and already in the programs this morning. Bless them, we pray, as they hear about your love for them, your plans and purposes for their lives. Thanks for all of our helpers and volunteers serving there this morning as well. And for us here now as we come to gather around your Word together, we open our hearts to you, great God. We want to hear from you this morning. We want to hear your words of truth Lord, to lead us and guide us as your people. And so we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are really blessed to have our founding pastor, Pastor Peter Sweetman, coming to bring the word to us this morning. Would you make Peter feel really welcome as he comes to share with us?
1: Church, have I done something wrong? No, I'm right. I'm okay. I didn't have to do anything. I'm best with technology and I don't have to do anything and others do. That always works best, I find, Yeah. Well, I have been checking on you every Sunday as we've been in a new building. Have you found your right spot yet? Have you? Now, I am checking. This is actually very important. I don't know if you realise this, but... It's very helpful to you to sort of get a spot or a zone that's sort of somewhere or other where you feel home and comfortable because we need everyone to look around in this church and be observing those that might be new and just welcoming them and loving them. So um, don't think you've got to steal your chair and you're going to bash anybody if they did not sit in yours. It's not like that. It's just finding a little nice little spot for you to be and that'll be a real blessing to all of us um, as we share together. That's good. If you found your place, just come and put your hand up. Come on, just, yeah. Yeah, if you're still on the way, if you're still on the way, come on. Any, yeah, look, oh, there are a few. That's okay. That's right. We love you all here. Welcome. It's terrific. Yeah. And if you are, a, if you are a guest, uh, you are very welcome here too with us this morning. Well, we're in the series in Psalm 23. As you know, um, we know exactly how many verses are in this psalm because how many sermon series are we up to now? You're up to number what? Number five. We're on verse five. There's one more next week, number six. So you will know forever, the rest of your life and forever, um, how many verses there are in Psalm 23. But do you know it off by heart yet? I've been getting very confused because I learnt mine in a different version, but I just sort of tune up, tune out a little bit, but I'm going to actually do the one we've been doing. So those that are learning this one are already. So are we ready? Here we go. Uh, we're going to read um, God's precious word together and what a beautiful psalm this is. Here we go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd... in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is God's precious word to us this morning. Isn't it a wonderful, blessed assurance is ours indeed this morning. So verse 5 says... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now in last week's sermon, if you can think back to there, if you were with us, um, it was about the valley of the shadow of death. That was the sort of the image that David was creating in the psalm. And we saw there that the Lord does protect us and guide us as we go down that particular path, including the path of death itself. But here the scene actually changes dramatically in verse 5. It's not the arduous ravine filled with dangers, surrounded by enemies threatening to harm and injure at every hand. It's, It's rather an Eastern hospitality scene, one which includes guaranteed security, which is very, very important in Eastern culture. Any guests were protected. And your enemies may be around in that sense. They could even be baying for your blood. They could still have evil intentions towards you, but they have no capacity or authority to enter where the host is. You can look at them and you can see that you have nothing to fear because they can't touch you. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about enemies, in the Psalms, I don't know if you realise this, but next to God himself, do you know what the, the next main character is? You know who it is? Enemy. That's who it is. Our enemies are the next most prominent thing in the Psalms. David, of course, wrote a lot of them and he had a lot of enemies. So let me give you a description of an enemy this morning. I don't know if you've ever been thinking about that recently. Uh, but let me uh, take them from the Psalms. Here we go. A little list. They are full of hate for you they torment and persecute you missed one there they taunt and insult you they imagine evil towards you bad thoughts I hope bad things happen to that person they seek revenge most of our movies are based on this particular thing aren't they now yeah They want you to be shamed before others, public shaming. They delight in that. They surround, often enemies are like a pack. They surround you and attack. And they delight in you being subdued and in despair. That's when they're happiest. Some here have endured that sort of opposition from others at some point in your life. Some of it can come from families. Some of those situations can be in the work
0: context.
1: Lots of, lots of places where we can experience that. In fact, some might be in that sort of place right this very morning. I realise that. Well, God's got a word for you. You're listening closely if that's you. The thought of our enemies being dealt with by God So that we can sort of sit down and relax and, you know, it's got a bit of appeal to it, hasn't it? Especially if they're seeing how blessed we are. You could sort of see that verse in that sort of understanding. Well, the enemies around me, well, I'll just get to see how ripped off they really are. That's actually not how we're meant to understand that verse. The radical solution in response to the hatred of our enemies from Jesus Christ was mandated to us in Matthew 5, 43 and 44. Let me read it to you. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray. Did you hear that? Pray. For those who persecute you. If God hadn't loved us in this way, the way that Jesus described here, when we were his enemies, then we would never have been reconciled to him. And most of us would not even be here this morning. Do you realize that? Yeah. There might be some here that had never been reconciled. Maybe you've never been reconciled to God. You might have been here, but all the ones that have been reconciled, we couldn't be here this morning. Jesus would have stayed in heaven and we would have been damned. And that is how we are called to respond to those who treat us as enemies. So don't make the mistake this morning of thinking that a table prepared before us in the presence of our enemies is grounds for gloating over the ineffectiveness and the doom of those who oppose you. Otherwise you are actually participating in the very thing that they are doing to you. We must not go there. Jesus has called us to a different path. We, we can rejoice when what is corrupt and evil is overthrown. I understand that. But beware of the, of the vengeful gloating over the ruin of any human being that's been made in the image of God. Just, just hear that something this morning. This is important for us. This is how God wants us to live in the pattern of Jesus. But not all our enemies are earthly, of course. In fact, our most um, ferocious enemy, the one with whom everyone in this room is contending, if you didn't, haven't you got any earthly enemies, you've got this enemy, I can assure you, this morning. In fact, every person on planet Earth has this person opposed to them. And I'm speaking about the one who has angelic origin, fallen angel, Satan, the great adversary, who rebelled against God himself, and then led humanity, well, helped lead humanity anyway, into the sin of rebelling against God. Because he was filled with hatred and the desire to destroy anything that was good and noble and lovely and wonderful, which is how God has made you to be. And so he sought to destroy you. In 1 Peter 5.8 it says this, Stay alert. Watch out for your, it's actually described, that's the word. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He's doing that constantly in our world, and he does not let up in our lives. He's at us again and again and again. And his arsenal is vast, is it not? Luring us into traps. You deserve this. You deserve this. And then next minute, whacking you, pounding you with the condemnation, and you call yourself a Christian and look what you've just said and look what you've just done. And then there's you know all the sowing of seeds of distrust and cynicism. You know, churches they're just full of hypocrites and full of judgmental, uncaring people, seeking to sow that actually into communities, seeking to intimidate, causing fear to drive our our decision-making processes. You'll be on the outer if you do that. His tactics and his strategies are many. Listen to what Paul says about the nature of this battle that we are in. Ephesians 6 For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We love those enemies. But we are actually fighting against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, if you're here this morning and you're saying, Look, this is a bit out of my league, this is not so for me, I don't sense any of this sort of opposition then it may be because you have not actually changed sides. Did you realize that? Because as soon as you change sides, you will begin to get a ferocious response from the dark side. There's no worry if you're in the darkness. That doesn't worry about you. But once you move into the light, then you're for it. Our, our whole lives are this great, great battle, this great struggle. So maybe you haven't actually changed side. That could be one possibility if the battle's not ferocious for you. Or maybe it's because the devil has used one of his strategies to render you ineffective. You've sort of gone AWOL. Checked out for a while. Or, or maybe you're pinned down in some foxhole for some reason or other. Well, this morning, I want you to hear this. The Holy Spirit is calling you to awaken and arise in Jesus Christ. To experience the liberating power of Jesus to to experience the victory that he has won over the world and sin and Satan through the death and resurrection of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, a cosmic battle has been fought and won in Jesus. Um, it, it's interesting to look at the battle of Jesus in the sort of the bigger picture, which we actually get a, 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 a glimpse of of a pattern of what happens to opposition to those that are against God and against God's people. It's an interesting thing to look at. At the beginning of the battles that you engage in, it can often appear that Satan has actually got the upper hand. It will often feel like that, seems like that when you are engaged in this sort of fight. He seems to be winning. You can almost look at our world sometimes and it seems like Satan's winning. if we have a look at Christ's life we can get a glimpse of that when Jesus Christ arrived on planet earth in a baby as a baby fully man fully God the first sort of period of his time I know there was the wise men and the good things about celebrating his birth but immediately after that what happens next Jesus is fleeing with his family down to Egypt this is the son of God on the run did you hear that that doesn't seem to compute or make sense. The, the living God on the run because of satanic attacks. God, of course, is always greater than these things. Of course, it was actually about a messianic prophecy that was going to be fulfilled of Jesus coming out of Egypt, of course. But that's, that's another side story. But Jesus on the run. In Jesus' ministry, if you read through Jesus' ministry, we often love the beautiful healing stories, but do you see there's this constant tenor of attack? Um, the enemies getting more and more vicious in their opposition. The jealousy's great. It was just constant his whole life, right through his ministry. The opposition was enormous. There were the luring temptations that came from Satan, directly from Satan himself. Good friends told him not to go to the cross religious leaders self-righteous religious leaders they were constantly seeking to ensnare him and corrupt and violent forces they sought to extinguish to extinguish his life the light of his life it actually ends for Jesus this way deserted by friends you know the story tortured beyond recognition surrounded by gloating enemies you know the pack of enemies gloating Haunting, come down if you're the son of God. And death, apparently the victor. That's where it seemed to end. But we know the story, don't we? We've been singing about it this morning. But three days later, friends absolutely overwhelmed in amazement that Jesus is alive. The violent oppressors, they are shaking in their boots next to the tomb of Jesus because an angel appears. Religious leaders paying off Guards to try and hide the truth of Jesus' resurrection. But, but there's so much more. The great enemies of humanity, all defeated. Sin can now be forgiven because Jesus bore our penalty, penalty on the cross. The power of death overcome through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And the fate of Satan and every dark force sealed in Jesus' vindication by the Father. Listen to this. This is our our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 1. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Did you hear that? What a blessing for us. Did you hear that? For the benefit of the church. His people. That is how it always ends with God. Always. Enemies, human and demonic, they're left. They're sort of bewildered by the turning of the tables. How could that be? The afflictions of enemies... used by God to actually bring about his holy purposes. And those who honour God, you know, who stay faithful, loyal, committed, obedient, prayers are heard, vindications are made, honour is given. And God's enemies, they are rendered powerless. And they are, of course, ultimately destroyed. Sin, Satan and death, all destroyed. Thrown in the lake of fire. Now... At Christ's return, all of these things will come to their ultimate fruition. There was much that we and so many others who have lived throughout the history of the world have been waiting for, and we're still waiting for with a lot of faith here. Jesus coming again, hallelujah. But it's not just all about waiting for that day. There are plenty of instances where God's table-turning work, his vindicating work of those who, who trust him and... And follow him. And and the overthrowing of enemies. You, you find that. You find it in the Bible. You find it through history. You find it here in this church. Think about the proud, hate-filled Haman. Wanting to execute Mordecai and all the Jews in the time of Esther. Think about that. This man's got this evil plan. And you know what he finds himself doing? Finds himself parading Mordecai you know his enemy that he's out to execute parading him around on a horse in the king's robes saying how great Mordecai is don't you think that's an incredible story a turning of the tables a a table in the presence of my enemies it's the public officials discovering that Paul and Silas are Roman citizens after having beaten them. Suddenly, those who've been so quick to punish and shut down the gospel now find themselves apologising. They're apologising now to the apostles, and they're begging them to—they're begging them to leave. I love how Paul and Silas are sort of. Take their time to, to leave the city. Actually, they wandered down to the Christians and have a little bit of more of a meeting with them. A, a table in the presence of my enemies. There are many, many times when this sort of protection and vindication for God's people is on display in the Bible. And if I was to ask this morning for stories from this group of people, from you, we would be here a long time, would we not? A very, very long time. I know there's many things that are difficult and hard, but I tell you what, we have seen the hand of God. The the over the turning of the tables. Do you know that there was once a government official? Maybe it might have been several of them one at least, two. Who never wanted this church to be on this site? Did you know that? Was trenchantly opposed to that. It was not going to happen. It was in the era when churches were going into industrial estates that's where churches belonged not in the middle of communities and that was the opposition that was there well have a look around church have, have a look around have a look around yeah those tables have been turned have they not they have. They have. now what's our attitude to that member well i pray that he will drive by one day and say that's incredible Something even better would be to him to come in here and discover Jesus and worship with us, the living God who overcomes all things. That's our heart, church, is to love those. Our God, he is unstoppable. There's a word on that wall there, you do know that. Many of you saw it. It's sort of behind the wall, but it's definitely there, I can assure you. Our God is unstoppable. Satan, just, just here again this morning, Satan is not on the throne, folks. He is not. Jesus Christ is. And the moment that we commit our lives to him, dark forces, they they lose their grip on us. We, we come under the protection and care of our good shepherd. His rod and his staff are always there with us. When it appeared that Haman was in total control, if you're sort of backed back a bit earlier, it looked like all his plans for the murder of the Jewish people were coming to fruition. You actually read that Mordecai, even in that moment of time, would not bow down and was not even fearful of this man. That's what you read. Even when it looked like it was so hard, no fear. When Paul and Silas had been beaten, flogged and placed in stocks, did they let up? They didn't let up. They didn't shut up. They had a, a praise time. I don't know what song they were singing. Blessed Assurance or not, I don't know. But something they were letting loose of in the jail. Beautiful songs bursting forth. And next minute, they're leading the, jail, the jailer to faith. Still surrounded by enemies, but there was a greater reality. You see, they were aware that God was there. He was with them. They were in obedience to the things that God had instructed them to do. He was looking after them. They had nothing to fear. And his resources are unlimited. That's what David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is wanting us to grasp through this beautiful imagery of this scene this morning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I've prepared something to help us to try and get this imprinted on our, our, our hearts and minds, how amazing this scene is. Maybe it would be better to say that my darling wife has actually prepared something to help us. Um, so I'm going to get that to come out right now. If we can just get that out. I hope there's some people to do this because, uh, yes, there is. Yes, if you could just bring that out, men, be terrific. As fast as you can, but carefully. And let me just move a little bit here. Okay, we're gonna try and get the camera to have a good look at this, if we possibly can. So you can get on the big screen for those who may be at the back. Okay, so that's it, good. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, that's, that's just right. You can tell I didn't prepare that, can't you, really now? You can, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> beyond my capabilities. And do we have a couple of chairs as well? Are they on the way too? Yes, they're coming. Great. Um, now you're getting that. Are we seeing that on the screen. Can we get that on the screen at all, so people can see our our table, apart from the plastic breadstick? Yes. Okay. Right. That's it. Good. And just one on here. Terrific. Wow. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. What do you think? Looks good? Anyone got the PEX up for morning tea yet? Yeah, beautiful coffee on afterwards. But you can't touch this, I'm sorry, guys, because we've got another service to go and it'll look a mess. It won't look the same. It just won't look the same. Yeah. So it's just for looking at the moment. At the moment. Some of us may enjoy this for lunch, but maybe that could be true. Um, yeah. Now, before we get to the food part, I want you to know who put this all together. I'm not talking about my wife. I'm talking about this table prepared before us. The host of this party, this feast, this table, is God. Got that? He's the host. He's done all the work to make that possible for us. Did you know that? gave his precious son so that we could share at this table with him. So if I was to sit down here, that's actually God there. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Do you, do you see how intimate and wonderful this is? Can, can you see that? How much he's done for us, this host. And, and for me, I'm the guest. Did you know that? Like, I didn't get that ready for God. He got that ready for me. He's the host, and I'm the honoured guest. I, I sometimes am overwhelmed by the blessings we've been given into. Sometimes it just seems too big to compute. Sometimes for me, that our great God would do this for me, like for me, for me, this table prepared. It's a wonderful table to be at. Can you get a can you think of someone better to share your life with? Like like for me to tell God about the things in my life and then for him to tell me about the things in his life, which which he's doing this morning, of course, isn't he? Yeah. As we listen to his word. Just 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 to share life with him, to wake every morning. And and know that This is our life, sharing with God, our wonderful host. Now, the food. Well, there are some terrific things here. I would love to have a nibble, but I'm scared that if I start eating, I won't be able to say any of the things I meant to say. (laughs) Uh, That would be a problem. I'll be spitting, you know, um, cheese things out, or biscuits, or seeds of grapes, or something or other. So I don't want to do that, but I just want you to keep your eye on the food for a moment. Actually, there's one more thing about the host that I forgot to say. It, it, it's like the handshake of friendship here. It, it's like the hug, the comforting hug of the host. That's, that's how good the welcome is. He's always ready to receive. He's, he's ready to receive anyone here this morning. If you don't even know Jesus, he's ready to receive you this morning. He's a wonderful host. But the food, well, everything that we need is good, is prepared. It's all here. It's wonderful. Um, all the nutrients that we need, all the, all the good things, but boy, it's it's nice food, I've got to tell you. It's terrific. It's terrific food. Let me tell you the blessings, some of the blessings of the foods that Jesus has given to us. We have been chosen by God. Did you know that? The blessing. These are the blessings that come from Ephesians. We are without fault in his eye. Did you know that? You, you are Cleansed and clean this morning. There is no, no problems, no faults. Jesus dealt with all of it. Sins forgiven. The wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. It fills us. Fills us with life. The abundant life. The word of God just to lead us and guide us. The food's is good. It's so good. It, it tastes terrific. It satisfies us. And it restores strength. That's what it does when you sit down and feast with the living God. You get out of your foxhole or wherever you might be and you get into the feast, I tell you, it's a lot better there. So much better. But there's more in this sort of Eastern hospitality scene. There's actually the anointing of oil. You mightn't have been able to see that. It's sort of, we're not going to eat this, but I wanted to put it on the table as well. It's the oil, the anointing of oil. When a guest entered your home in the Middle East, it was very, very common. It was actually common courtesy, in fact, for you to anoint that person with oil. Now, if you're wondering what the purpose of that was, because we're thinking guest, you know, like we're thinking of a traveller coming in. Well, it was hot in the Middle East. It was dry. And you'd come in like that, dusty and all those sort of things. There was the washing of the feet idea, but the idea of the oil was like you, you took some of this oil and it's like a moisturiser. Maybe that's the best way to put it. And you take some of that out and just wipe it on the person's face, and head, there's a beautiful smell up here now. You should smell this. Beautiful. Isn't that better than hot, sweaty bodies? Don't you think so? That permeating the the, the aroma of the building. It'd be beautiful, wonderful. The scene in Luke 7 where the sinful woman used the, the rare perfume on Jesus' feet. It, it sort of gives us the picture, doesn't it? Out of the in, immense love for Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to the, the Pharisee at that time? Simon, you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. It was just the enormity of her love. Do you grasp what David's saying to us here? When he writes about this anointing of oil at this feastal scene, at this party scene, you're being treated as the honoured guest. you know that? The, the honoured guest been gladly welcomed he wants you to feel refreshed when you're dry and weary and tired and exhausted just let the oil wash over you his love for you is enormous I really want you to know that this morning if you don't take anything else out of this morning, just I want you to know his love for you is enormous He's so glad, actually, that you're here this morning. Did you know that? He wants you to feel blessed. And then David adds one more thing to this amazing scene. See how we go on this one. But here we are. I thought it was Stanthorpe apple juice. I thought it would be the perfect for this morning. I thought it would be really. Yeah. So this is the. That's the cup. I've got it brimful because it's always brimful with God. That's the that's what it's about. It's brimful. I've been really looking forward to this. You know why? I'm actually going to have a little sip. This, this this I won't spit this out too much, but I've been really looking forward to this. You know why? I'm on a sugar fast at this, the moment. No sugar, and so you, you're not allowed to eat. To drink too much apple juice, you see. So I've been really dying for a little bit of sugar that's <laughs> coming to just come into me. Mmm, mmm, mmm. That is so good. And we know, you know how good that apple juice is, don't you, Nick? Yeah, it's beautiful. The scene that we're creating here, but,' it's the overflowing, it's the brimming. Um, the only other reference in Psalms... In fact, in the whole of the Old Testament to the word that David uses here is the one that's also used in 66, Psalm 66, 12. We went through fire and flood, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. That's what it's about. It's the abundance work. And the cup that God supplies in his home for us is filled no matter what we drink, how much we drink, of his goodness and grace, it just keeps on flowing down. You know that beautiful statement that he made in John 4, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up up to eternal life. This one, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. It's not some half-baked, terrible existence in our great God. It's the most wonderful, blessed existence anyone could ever have on planet Earth. It's in Jesus However hard the trials may be. It's an amazing scene, isn't it? The fullness of this is going to be experienced at the Great Marriage Supper of the Lamb. We know the Lamb, we know that. But 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 God keeps breaking in. He has broken in, he keeps breaking into our world. Especially when we've been in the battle and it's been intense, and our enemies are pursuing us and And the journey's been perilous. And he reminds us that we are his. We are his much-honoured sons and daughters. He delights in sharing his life with us. He he reminds us that, that he's won the victory over all our enemies. We are not to be fearful. He loves to refresh us and supply all we need. Are we not blessed to be in Jesus Christ? Are we not, church? We are blessed. We are so blessed. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It's wonderful. There are many. There are actually many, many places and many, many times when God prepares tables in the presence of our enemies. Um, I was at one of those on Friday. Went to Ingrid's um, funeral that Pastor Nathan led. It was just this beautiful service. Actually, it was. It was sort of like church service here today just giving thanks to God, singing songs of worship. Um, But Ingrid's um, earthly tent was at the front. It was in a casket at the front of the church. And we sang these words. By his blood, in his name, by his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free, for the love of Jesus Christ has resurrected me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. There is the reminder of death and we sing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. You see a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Here this morning, we're meeting here. God's been reminding us and some especially that we really can rest with him. We, we can enjoy his loving company we can be refreshed in our spirits we can drink deep of his goodness we can feed from the preciousness of his word so this is one of these sort of moments did you, did you realise that? What, that's what church is every Sunday it's meant to be that it, it's just meant to be that place to enjoy our great God with, with God's people He's here with us. You know that. I, I know that seat's invisible, but in another way, it's not. He's, he's present. He is really present with us. Amen. So we're going to enjoy his company just a little bit as we conclude our service this morning. He's going to you know, let a bit more of his goodness wash over us this morning. I pray you've been washed over already this morning as we worship our God, God. But just as we conclude our service, a little bit more of the washing of our great... Great God over us. You know, it takes a bit more to drink and a little bit more to eat, a little bit more to just enjoy him as we conclude. We have some more oil, by the way. And maybe you're in a place where you need some refreshment or maybe you're in a place where you... You just want to say, I want to be reminded that... that I'm I'm God's. no, No problems, no issues, just love to be anointed afresh this morning i'm a child of god honored guest loved by him just just to say lord just fill me again fill me again well there's an opportunity just as we sing this final song about the goodness of our great god you can just come to the front A few of the pastors will be down here i'll just put a little bit of oil on you they may pray, they may not pray, just whatever the situation may be. You might want to just stay worshipping for a little bit longer oh, down here. Go back to your seat. We're a community of God's people. Did you know that? And he loves you. And he's so pleased you're here, so glad you're here. You don't have to worry about the enemies. They're there, I know, there's difficulties, but it's all okay. It's all okay. It's all going to end well let's enjoy our God. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for your beautiful presence here with us this morning. We've been so conscious of it right throughout this service. This amazing psalm that we've been dwelling and reflecting on, Lord, over these weeks. Oh, it's just so good, Lord. How blessed we are, Lord, to be in this holy place. It's holy because you're here, Lord. It's a precious place. This is where The body of Christ meets and you're ahead and you're here with us. And You have things to bless people with, Lord. Even this very day, I know that. I know you've already done that, Lord. There's some more to come. And so, Lord, we we just tell you we love you, Lord. That's what we really do. We just tell you we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for all you've given to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We could never do it. We didn't deserve it. We were, in fact, enemies, your enemies, and yet you loved us. And brought us into this wonderful kingdom of light and love. And it is forever. It, it is eternal. And so, Lord, we honour you. We worship you. We tell you we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to invite you to stand. And we're just going to sing um, this beautiful song. I love this song. Just Every time I, I hear it, I reflect of God's goodness over the years. So, yeah, please stand up. And we're just going to sing this song together. If you'd like to be anointed by one of the pastors this morning, for whatever these reason that be, you just feel prompted to do that or well, we just love to anoint you with all Maybe a little brief prayer over you or something or other or whatever it might be. Um, let's just enjoy our great God now this morning. That'd be great.
0: Isn't it good to be in the presence of God this morning to know His Spirit ministering to us, His words of truth. I want to pray God's blessing on each and every one of us. Lord, we thank You. What great truth, Lord. Thank You for Your precious words, Lord, that bring life, that strengthen us. And so, Lord, I want to pray your blessing on each and every one here this morning. As we head out this week, Lord, thank you for the confidence, the assurance we have in you. We look to you, great God. We keep our eyes fixed on you. and We pray your blessing would flow, Lord, through us as your people, into this community, into our world. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Everyone said... Amen. Please be seated. Please feel free to come forward for prayer. Continue to come forward for prayer. We'd love to anoint you this morning. Those who need to collect children from the kids program as well, if you can move over to do that. But God bless you and do stay for tea and coffee in the courtyard.